0: Welcome to In the Zone Part 4. My name is Kyle Jackson. I'm the associate pastor here at the church. I'm excited to get a chance to share with you this weekend and all of our services. And let me just say this, what an amazing series this has been. I am loving this series from the stage design to the foyer to the magnets that we took home on week one that I'm sure a lot of you have on your refrigerators at home, to even just down to the practical teaching that we've been talking about. We opened up the series several weeks ago, and Pastor Matt talked about at the center of our bullseye that if we could get in the zone with anything else, it should be with our relationship with God. And we talked about that week one. Week two, we talked about as a church, how do we get in the zone? And we talked about that's the idea of getting behind the next generation. And the way that we get in the zone as a church is if we have all generations working together to move forward the big C church in the years To come. And then last week, Pastor Matt talked about the one thing that can get us out of the zone more than anything else, and that is our finances. And he just laid out some great practical advice from the Bible on how we should get in the zone with our finances. I would encourage you to go and watch that if you missed it. And then next weekend, he'll be here again, and what he's talking about is going to be absolutely incredible for us as a church. I would encourage you, be here, bring someone with you. But this weekend, we're going to zoom in on one topic this weekend that actually comes from a subpoint of Pastor Matt's message last week. And before we do that, I'd love to take a second... Pastor Matt and Sarah are here. It's, it's rare that me or Mike or Will get a chance to speak where they're both here in the house tonight. And let me say this, I love that everything that we preach about here, everything they talk about is so true in their lives, and we're so honored and blessed to get to work with them. They've taught my wife and I so much over the years, and we would not be where we are without them. Would you do me a favor and honor our senior pastors that are here this week? Awesome. We love you guys. Well, we're going to continue to move forward, and here's what we're going to talk about this week, and I think we're going to talk about this one idea that actually where we find ourselves in this time of the year, in in this end of summer, going into the fall, has the opportunity to have the greatest impact for the end of 2013, moving into 2014, and that idea is margin. We're going to spend the entire weekend talking about margin, that if, if we're going to get in the zone on different things, there are still the outer rings, so to speak, of the bullseye, and how we manage those outer rings has everything to do with margin, so we're going to talk about that this week, and last week, Pastor Matt talked about that margin in our finances is where we currently are, and then the edge of the cliff, so to speak, so in our finances, in our relationships, where our stress levels might be, that where we are, and then there's an edge of a cliff to everything in our life, everything in between that is margin. I've actually heard it said this way, that margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary, that what you have and what you need. So we're going to talk about this idea and how we move forward from the end of the summer here into the fall and create margin. Because I don't know about you, but the summer is that time where it feels like we think that we're actually going to get in the zone when the summer comes, that school's out kids don't have projects and homework, there aren't as many extracurricular things, we're going to take a family vacation and just get away for a week and relax, but the truth is is that we find ourselves this time of year coming back towards the end of the summer, and I actually think that this is the time of year that we find ourselves out of the zone more than we find ourselves in the zone, other, other than any other season of the year, that we go on family vacation, but we come back and work has backed up, or our kids are out of school, but we've got to find places for them to be, people to watch them, we don't even know where they're at half the time that this is the season where we feel out of the zone. Like for me, my, my life right now, let me say this, um, I think that the big question we could ask ourselves moving forward into the fall is this question, is, is how did life and when did life get so complicated? When did life get so complicated? I, I promise you, when I saw my name on the schedule to speak this weekend, I was surprised because I feel like I am so out of the zone right now. Like I am, we, we got the you know the church, we got the regular hours here, we got that ga- gateway stuff going on, the construction, the husband, the friend, the pastor thing kind of going on. Then you toss a baby into the mix, and it's like, oh my, like everything you guys told me it would be, it has been. It has been fun, it has been exciting, it has been scary, it has been confusing, it's been exhausting. Like I, it has been exhausting, completely feel out of the zone to be, I like the shoes I have on this weekend, Here's a fun story for you. Here's how out of the zone I am right now with exa- the shoes I have on. I came home one day, four or five days after the baby, and we would got home, and we were at the house, and we were, you know, not sleeping at all, and I got home, and I saw a box on the, on the doorstep, and I'm like, ooh, look, another gift for Kaylee. Imagine that. Um, they were coming every day. So I, I saw the box, and I'm like, oh, it's addressed to me. Somebody sent Daddy a gift for the baby. I'm like, great, this is awesome. So I opened it up, and, and in there were a pair of shoes. I'm like, wow, somebody gave me shoes? For having a baby? I'm like, that's amazing. So then I looked at the receipt and I'm like, oh, I bought them at 2.30 in the morning from an app on my phone. I don't even remember it. Like legitimately, I don't even remember. No idea. At least I like them because I couldn't return them. But uh, uh, so out of the zone. I mean, like just feeling like there's no margin... In my life right now in this season, and I love that we're going to talk about that this week, because everything I'm going to share with you is exactly where I feel like I find myself, and the principles we're going to talk about is exactly what we're going to be applying as we move forward the rest of this year. So let me ask us the question again, how did life get so complicated? When's the last time that we actually slowed down and saw how fast life was going by? I go home and I ask my wife every night, I'm like, hey, how was your day? And she's like, I don't know. Like, I fed, I burped, I laid her down, I picked her up, and then I fed, I burped, and laid her down again, and at 6 o'clock. I don't even know where the day is gone. But isn't that true with all of us? If we're being honest about our life, does it not feel like the days just fly by? Does it not feel like you just brought her home from the hospital last week, and now she's graduating high school? That he just graduated college, but now he's getting married and having kids that we just got married, and now we're celebrating 25 years already? That... Life just seems to fly by, and I think that the biggest question we could ask ourselves this summer, coming to the end, going into 2013, the second half, going into the beginning of 2014, is how did our lives get so out of the zone? And we need to ask ourselves some questions this weekend, before we head in to the fall, some questions like, how many things are we going to be committed to this fall as a married couple? How many things are our kids going to be a part of this fall? How many things are we going to add to our schedule this fall, how many nights a week are we going to be away from home this fall? Because the truth is, the one thing that can put us in danger in our lives and not allow us to be everything that God wants us to be is living a marginless life. And here's what I know, and here's what I believe. I believe that God wants us here this weekend. I believe he wants us to hear one thing. I think that he wants us to hear this idea of margin, and he wants it to be so real to us because I think that every single one of us going into the second half of 2013 need victory somewhere in our lives. We need victory somewhere in our lives, whether it's in our marriage right now, whether it's with our kids right now and just going back and just needing to have a better relationship with our kids. Maybe it's in our finances. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe you feel like your relationship with God in this season has gotten out of the zone. Every single one of us need victory somewhere in our lives, and here's what I believe margin does. I believe where margin is created, victory is found. Where margin is created, and anywhere in our life, in our marriage, with our kids, in our finances, wherever margin is created, victory is found. So, lucky for us, the Bible has a lot to say about this idea of margin and how we spend our time. So, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, you can turn on your U you version on your phone. If you don't have either one of those things, all the verses are going to be on the screen. But we're going to land in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 in a passage where Paul is actually teaching to married and single people. And he's actually talking to them about the differences between being married and single and how God can use their time. And he actually says a statement in a couple verses before where we're going to land where he says, wherever you're at, stay where you are. So if you're single, stay single because there's so many distractions when you get married that if you're single, you have more time. And God could use you in ways that, that he can't necessarily use you when you're married because you just have more time that way. But if you're married, stay married. And let me figure out ways to use you that way. But if you're single, stay single. If you're married, stay married. But then I think he goes on in verse 29, and he lays out some principles that have far more to do than just being married or being single about this idea of margin. So if you'll jump in with me, verse 29, we're going to read through verse 31. i reading out of the message translation. Paul says this. He says, I do want to point out, friends, That time is of the essence. There's no time to waste, so don't complicate your lives unnecessarily. Verse 30, keep it simple, Paul says, in marriage, grief, joy, whatever, even in ordinary things, your daily routines of shopping and so on. Come on, ladies. Verse 31, deal as sparingly as possible with the things the world thrusts on you. This world as you see it is on its way out. I think Paul gives us three things, three keys to uncomplicating our life in this passage that I'd love for you to follow along in the back of your bulletin. We're going to take some notes, and then on the back end, we're going to talk about some practical ways to accomplish this. Three keys that Paul gives us on uncomplicating our lives. The first one is this, is we have to recognize that time is of the essence. We have to recognize that time is of the essence. Anyone with a child understands this, that when, you, when they're first born, and now again, they're graduating high school, it seems like a blink of an eye, time is of the essence. From the first two days that Kaylee was in the hospital to five weeks later, it is a completely different look. Everybody comes in the hospital like, oh, she's the prettiest baby I've ever seen. I'm like, liar. Like newborns are just, they all look the same. They're scrunched up and like, look like little aliens or something. And then five weeks later, they look like little humans. And it's like, oh, there you are. She looks like me. Unfortunately, we're praying she looks like her mom because I'm ugly with long hair. But, <laughs> but time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. It seems like you blink an eye. And you just things have flown by you. Listen to what the writer of Psalms says. David says this, I love this. Psalms 39, verse 4. He says, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. In light of eternity, how fast does this life go by? In light of eternity, how fast? is this life. Here's what we believe at Next Level Church. We believe everyone spends eternity somewhere. That when this life is over, every single one of us are going to spend eternity somewhere. And in light of that reality, the first step to uncomplicating our lives is recognizing that time is of the essence. And here's what I want us to understand. I want us to understand this. Our world gets this. The secular world, the non-Christian world, they get the same principle that there is only a certain number of days that life is is quick and our world teaches. Hey, more, 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 faster, 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 spin, 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 get, 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 travel, 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 add, 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 faster, faster, faster. There's only a certain amount of days. Go, go, go. Our world gets this. The secular world says, "Yeah, there's only a certain number of days, so you got to go pedal to the metal all the time. Go, go, go." But the more I study. This Bible. The more I study the Bible, the the inspired Word of God, we believe, at Next Level Church, the more I study that, I think it teaches the exact opposite of go, go, go. And we read a verse that says, well, time is of the essence. Here's what I think Paul's saying. I think Paul's saying, hey, slow down. The Bible says in Psalms, be still and know that I am God. In Romans, it says, do not conform to the things of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Don't conform and do what the world says and go, 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 fast, 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 spin, 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 add, add, add. It says slow down. Renew your mind. Refresh is what renew means. The only way you can refresh things is if you slow down. It says this life is as a vapor. It'll be gone like that. Use your gifts and your talents to glorify me, God says, so that people that are lost can see me through you. And be added to the kingdom of God. That's what Paul's saying when he says, hey, time is of the essence. Slow down. We've got to recognize that when it comes to uncomplicating our lives. We have to understand that time is of the essence. The second key that Paul gives us in order to uncomplicate our lives, in order to stay in the zone, is this. In verse 29, he says, we can't complicate our lives unnecessarily. We can't complicate our lives unnecessarily. Then in verse 30, he gives us the answer to that. He says, keep it what? Simple. Keep it simple. Our world has this natural pull towards complicated, doesn't it? Our world has this natural pull to make things complicated, that we have the same amount of hours a day, the same amount of days a week as everyone else. And we have to get things done in that time, but then we add things onto it, and we make our lives more complicated than they should be. We make them unnecessarily complicated, Paul says. Think about playing a game as a kid, do you remember as a kid, or if you have kids, you've seen this, you start playing a game that you make up outside, upstairs, wherever you're at, you start playing a game. And then the game's fun, and then five minutes in, somebody adds a rule. Hey, well, we need to make this, what if we added this rule? And then five minutes later, somebody, will yeah, and if we're going to do that, we need to make this rule. And then you get 15 minutes into the game, and the game's not what anymore? It's not fun. It started off simple, and it was fun. And then we added, and we added and we added and we made it unnecessarily complicated, and now it's not fun anymore. How true is that when it comes to our lives? How true is that when it comes to our lives? That we add, add, add more and more and more, and then we look up and we've stopped having fun in our lives. Paul says, keep it simple. In your marriage, how many commitments are you going to have this fall? With your kids, how many things do they have to be a part of this fall? In your lifestyle, how big of a house? How nice of a car? Do you have to have in order to be everything that God wants you to be? Paul says, Listen, don't complicate your lives unnecessarily. Keep it simple. And here's what we know Listen, living simply is the hardest thing in our world today, isn't it? Culture's always going to pressure us to complicate, overcommit, add. And maybe we're asking the wrong question. What if we left this weekend and we ask ourselves this question to our spouses? to our kids, to our friends, if you find yourself single. What if we stopped asking the question, how complicated can I make my life and still get it all done? And started asking the question, how simple can I live and still have an effect on my world today? Paul says, do not complicate your lives unnecessarily. The third thing that Paul says actually is down in verse 35. In order to uncomplicate our lives, he says this, all I want is for you to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master, without a lot of distractions. The third thing that Paul tells us to do if we want to live an uncomplicated life is that we have to order ourselves and set ourselves up to spend time with the master as a priority. That spending time with the master is a priority. Isn't this the ultimate goal, Next Level? Isn't this the ultimate goal? That we would order our lives to spend time with the master? that we would develop a way of life that allows us to spend plenty of time with the master? What if that's the ultimate filter for everything we do, singles? What if that's the ultimate filter, married couples, for everything we do, teenagers, for everything that we add to our lives that makes them unnecessarily complicated? What if the filter was, does this help me, my spouse, my family, and my friends spend plenty of time with the master? If I add this to my schedule, if I add this to my life, will it allow me to spend, spend plenty of time with the master. Now, here's what I don't mean by that. Listen, I don't mean that you should just sit around all day with your Bibles and on your lap and have Hillsong music playing in the background and that's all you do all day. Listen, that's legalism. That's legalism. The, the God that I know, the Jesus that died on the cross for my sins, says it's relational. It's not legalism, it's relational. Yes, doing your Bible studies. Yes, listening to Christian music. Yes, doing those things are good, and we need to do those. But it's not legalism. Listen, somebody in here needs to hear that tonight. Listen, if you were raised where it was, you didn't get your Bible study done, you oh, God's going to be so mad at you. Or, hey, that's the only type of music you can listen to. Every other, all other music's garbage. Listen, if you were, I'm sorry. Listen, our relationship, the God that we serve, it's not about legalism. It's about relationship, and He wants you to know that this weekend. He loves you, and if you grew up that way, man, take that tonight and walk out of here in freedom, knowing that our God just wants to know you at the deepest level possible that you're willing to get to know Him. I was sitting with my wife at Charlotte Harbor a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to tell you where, because that's where we'd go to get away, but we were at Charlotte Harbor, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we were sitting there, and this idea kind of came up, and we were talking and. And for about the first hour, we were talking life, baby, mom, dad, no sleep, the next season of our life, you know, what what we felt our hopes and dreams were, what we were happy about. And then about an hour and 15 minutes into it, we were sitting on the same side of the booth. Yes, we were that couple. We were sitting on the same side of the booth. And and I just ended up kind of looking out over the water for a little while, for about five or ten minutes. And my wife actually made a comment that was, it was interesting to me because I'd never really thought about it. But she said, hey, are you, she's, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. She's like, well, you're not saying anything. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. She's like, well, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> She's like, you have to be thinking about something. I'm like, no, seriously. Come on, fellas. I'm like, I'm not thinking about anything. Like, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm a, you're like a MacBook. There are windows open everywhere. I'm like Microsoft Word, baby. I just minimize and X out of it. Like, there is Nothing. Nothing going on. Hey, husbands and wives, you need to hear that because that is the truth. Like, we, we can think about nothing. Come on, fellas. Like, <laughs> we're, nothing. And, but I realized in that moment, she, she thought that my silence to her meant that there was something wrong. And I thought about that when it comes to our relationship with God. And I looked at my wife and I said, honey, if I'm being quiet, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong. I just enjoy being in your presence sometimes. <laughs> So sit down It's start a harvest. I enjoy being in her presence all the time. All the time. I love you. I enjoy being in her presence. I enjoy sharing a life with her. All things in common, the Bible says. It's relational. Just because we're not talking doesn't mean that I'm not in her presence, it doesn't mean she's not in my presence. That's what the Lord wants from us. He doesn't want just 30 minutes in our schedule as a block of time. He wants to know us. He wants to be in a constant relationship, all things in common, the Lord says. And when we do that, when we order our schedule to spend plenty of time with him in his presence, that's how we can be led by his Holy Spirit through the grace of Jesus Christ, is that we would be in constant relationship with him. And that's what Paul says that we need to do. If we'll order our lives like that, then our lives will be less complicated. So number one, time is of the essence. Number two, don't complicate your lives unnecessarily. And then number three, spending time with the master is a priority. So how do we do that? So, okay, if those are some of the things that Paul says, hey, when it comes to your time, when it comes to this idea of margin and living a life that God wants you to do, how do we actually do do that. So I want to give you one big statement that I would love for you to write down, and then we're going to talk about some practicals on the back end on how to do that. And it has everything to do with our schedules. Let's get practical. Come on, next level. Let's get down and dirty, practical on how we order our lives like that. And here's the statement I'd love to give you. It says this, when we put the big rocks in first, we prioritize what's most important. When we put the big rocks in first, we prioritize what's most important. When we don't put the big rocks in our schedule first, we prioritize What's most urgent. Now, I'm gonna walk over. I've got an illustration that I wanna show you guys this this weekend. Um, I am not a a science major by any means. I actually only got an honorable mention at the science fair as an elementary student. And then I realized that if you didn't place first, second, or third, everybody got an honorable mention ribbon. And uh, so it's good. Ricky Bobby says, if you're not first, you're last. I'm like, yeah, so, but I got an honorable mention ribbon and mom still has it. So, mom, thank you for putting that on the wall. For years. Um, so, so anyway, but I'm going I'm to give, the, I think this is going to show us what we need to understand this week. And if you're a business leader, maybe you've seen this. If you have, I think I'm going to explain it in a different way when it comes to our schedule. Let's say that both of these jugs represent 24 hours in a day. There's 24 hours. We all have the same thing in common. We all have 24 hours in our day. And you'll see in this jug that it's already full with some stuff. It's got some sand, it's got some small rocks, and it's got some water in it. It's already full. And let's just say that the sand down here represents something, the rocks represent something, the water represents something. Then we have the big rocks. So let's call big rock number one our relationship with God. Let's call big rock number two the relationship with our spouse if we're married. Let's call big rock number three our relationship with our kids if we have kids, our relationship with our close friends. If we're single, let's call call rock number four our hopes and dreams of everything that we want to use, our gifts and talents God's given us to accomplish in this lifetime. Let's call those the big rocks. And let me say this when it comes to putting the big rocks in your schedule first. Some of us have the big rocks confused. That a big rock is not working out. A big rock is not the night on the town with the girls. A big rock is not the sports team that you enjoy watching. The big rocks are the things that are the most important in this lifetime. Relationship with God, spouse, kids and close friends, hopes and dreams. So when we look at this right here, we see sand. Let's say that the sand represents for us, let's call it the eight to nine hours a day that we sleep, And that we get ready to go to work and get ready to go to bed at night. That most of us, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, a teacher, if you're a student and you're in school, most of us get somewhere between seven to eight hours of sleep and we spend somewhere between an hour to two hours getting ready in the morning and getting ready at night for bed. So let's call that sand. So when we put that in, there are nine to ten hours already in our 24-hour bucket before we even get started with the day. Let's call the gravel that you see in here, let's call that our job. Let's call that, again, stay-at-home mom, eight to nine hours a day, at your business, at your workplace, retail, wherever it is that you work, student, in classes, we all work somewhere between eight to nine hours a day with probably an hour's worth of drive time back and forth between the two. So between our work, travel, sleep time, and getting ready, we already have 20 hours in our 24-hour bucket. Now you'll see some water on the top. Let's call that leisure. Let's call that hobbies. Let's call that working out. Let's call that the TV series that you enjoy. Let's call that movies that you enjoy doing. Let's call that night on the town with the girls or guys a a basketball game that you like to play weekly. Let's call the water the leisure time throughout the day that we all spend two to three hours doing something daily leisurely. So now we look at this bucket and before any big rock is put into our 24 hours, we're already to the brim of our time. Now let's try to take our relationship with God and put it into that bucket. Spouse. Can't fit it in. That when we prioritize what's most urgent first in our schedules, in the bucket, the things that are the most important to us will not fit in. And you know who gets blamed when we overflow with stress and anger and we're mad? You know who gets blamed? Spouse. You know who gets blamed? God. You know who gets yelled at when there's an extra activity that gets added to the schedule that week? The kids. You know what there's never time for? Hopes and dreams. That when we prioritize what's most urgent first, we will not get the things that are the most important to us in our schedules. The big rocks will not fit. Same 24 hours. Same 24 hours, let's put the big rocks in First, let's call it relationship with God. It's going into our schedule. It's going into our week. It is a lifestyle that we're going to live. Let's call it our spouse. Date night is a priority. Spending time at night with our spouse is a priority. Let's place them in. Let's call this our kids. We'll be at every recital. We'll be at every game. We'll be at every practice. We'll be at every kindergarten graduation. Let's place that in to the 24 hours. How about the hopes and dreams? Every single one of you, there are people sitting in this service that have hopes and dreams, and they're flashing in front of your eyes, and they're getting by you because you have not made them a priority in your schedule to think about them. Let's place them in first. Now we would look around and go, well, that's almost full, Kyle. Here's what happens when you place the big rocks into your schedule first. The sleep time and the drive time to work every day... all filters around the big rocks. The eight hours of work a day, all seems to work around the big rocks. It seems to just filter right around the things that are the most important to us. Well, Kyle, what about leisure activities? What about things that we enjoy doing? When the big rocks are in first, You'll still have time for every leisure activity that you want to do. Listen to me, Next Level Church. At the end of this life, the things that are the most important to us, our relationship with God, our relationship with our spouse, our relationship with our kids, our hopes and dreams, if we want to accomplish that and and let them be great, I believe it has everything to do with living a life that's got margin in it and a life that's got a schedule where we put those big rocks in first and everything else filters around those, not vice versa. Your spouse is the most important gift God can give to you. Your kids are one of the most important gifts God can give to you. Your relationship with Christ is the most important thing that you'll do in this lifetime. Your hopes and dreams with the gifts and talents God's given you is exactly why he's given them to you. But most of us are living a marginless lifestyle and we're not getting to any of those things. And I can promise you this, if we will leave this weekend and have the right conversations, have the hard conversations, sit down with our kids, sit down with our spouse, and figure this out, I promise you, in the big rocks of your life, you'll look up six months, seven months, a year from now, and you'll be blown away by what God wants to do in all of those areas of your life. So how do we do that? How do we actually make sure the big rocks go into our schedule First, four real quick practical things that I'd love for you to write down. Number one, have some conversations around this. Number one, make sure that you commit to a number of nights a week at home this fall. Commit to a number of nights a week at home this fall. It might sound silly, but listen, if you are at home one to two nights a week right now, bump it up to three or four. If you're at home three nights a week right now, bump it up to four and five. My wife and I do this, and we're on the same page. We're on the same page. We know that four nights a week, we're going to be home. Otherwise, we'll just say yes to everything and we'll live a marginless lifestyle. And our relationship will be hurt by it. The future of our daughter will be hurt by it. Our hopes and dreams won't get taken care of. And our relationship with God will suffer if we do not commit to a number of nights a week at home. I would challenge you to do that. Have that conversation. I know it seems practical, but get on the same page. We know that Mondays we're at home. So if she gets asked and I get asked in two different environments to do something, we both know that we're going to say no because we're on the same page with how many nights a week we're going to stay home. I would challenge you to do that. Don't just go home and be home and go to your office. Be present. All the time I'm trying to watch baseball on our nights home in the living room during dinner, and I'm like, honey, that's why we have the TV trays, because you eat dinner on the TV trays in the living room while you watch TV. That's the whole point of the TV tray. And she's like, no, we're going to sit in here and we're going to talk. And I'm like, right, that's what we're going to do. Listen, don't just be home. Be present at home this fall, dads. Be present at home. This fall, moms, husbands, wives, commit to a number of nights a week at home. Number two, number two thing I would tell you as far as making sure that you get the big rocks in your schedule first and prioritize what's most important is you have to learn the art of saying no without excuse. You have to learn the art of saying no Without excuse, let me get a, give us an example. Hey, we'd love for you to, hey, we should do dinner tonight. Come and do dinner with us. Oh, no, we can't do that. My mom who usually watches the kids is out of town. Oh, well, that's great. My mom's in town, and she's going to watch our kids, so you should just drop them off. And the next thing you know, you're out on a night of the week that you were supposed to be home on. Date night got canceled. The kids aren't going to see us because we are not willing to say no without an excuse. Here's what happens. Human nature hates to say no to the same thing twice. We hate it. It's a sales technique. If you go sell something and they say no to you, the key is to have something to come in underneath that that's less of something else. And then most of the time, a lot of the time, they'll say yes to that. Human nature hates saying no to someone or to something twice. So here you go, next level. Ready? Let's practice. Everyone say no. Ready? No. no excuse. Say it again. No. no. No excuse. Learn the art of saying no without excuse. I promise you, if you can learn that art you'd be surprised how many more nights a week you'll be at home, how much more time you'll get to spend with your kids, how much more time you'll get to spend with your spouse, the extra time you'll have to read that book or watch that seminar on your hopes and dreams, and the more time you'll have to be present with the master if you'll learn to say no without excuse. The third thing that I would tell you to do as far as getting the big rocks into your schedule is this, never add without subtracting. Never add without subtracting. You know this fall you're going to add some things to your schedule. There's football coming on Friday nights. There's dance recital coming. There's this coming with business. We're going to add things to our schedule. Even church-wise, there's connection groups coming, and we're going to add those to our schedule. Listen, adding is not bad in itself. It's adding without subtracting that's dangerous. That it's okay to add. God calls us sometimes to add different things to our life, to bring new friends into our life, to try different things in our life. But when we add without subtracting, that's when it becomes dangerous. Because when we add too much, we start to overflow, and the big rocks don't fit into our schedule. And what's most important to us with our wife and our kids and our relationship with God and our hopes and dreams just don't seem to fit into that bucket. Listen, add. That's okay. Go have a conversation about what you're going to subtract this fall before you add and the fourth thing I would tell you as far as practicals on making sure you get the big rocks into your schedule so you can prioritize what's most important to you is this and I want to read this because I want to make sure I get it right listen number four remember your responsibility is not to others or to guilt but to God your responsibility is not to others by saying yes to everything it's not to guilt saying it with an excuse your responsibility is to God And God's called us to be the husband or the wife that has a marriage that people look on at and can see him in that. He's called us to be the dad and the mom whose kids know that God comes first in our household. He's called us to use our gifts and talents by looking and getting that big rock dream into our 24-hour schedule. He's called us to have a relationship with him that we're so in love with him that people see it through us daily. The only way that you can be in love with someone is to spend time with them. We gotta get those big rocks in. Listen, I think we'll all stand in front of God one day and I don't think that he's gonna ask the questions. I don't think he's gonna look on and go, hey, how many people did you please? Hey, how many things did you say yes to? I think he's gonna look at us and he's gonna ask us how we used our gifts and talents that he gave to us to glorify him in the limited amount of time that we have on earth. And then he's gonna look at us And if we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior, and we've used those gifts and talents, he's going to look at us and say what every single one of us want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. You can enter. Isn't that the ultimate goal? Isn't that the ultimate goal? Come on, next level. It all has to do with margin. Listen, the fall is coming, and it's going to be an exciting time in some of your lives personally. In some of your lives as a family, there's big things coming. I think about our church corporately. It's going to be a big fall and a big end of the year. Pastor Matt's book's coming out. There's hundreds of churches that are joining with us to do a God of the Underdog series all around our country and all around the world. We have a campus coming east of I-75 that I'm believing thousands of people in the years to come are going to accept Jesus Christ for the first time in their life. And the only way that we're going to be able to be a part of all of that, the only way we're going to be able to enjoy what's coming for our family and for ourselves individually and for this church is if we go into the fall having this margin thing figured out, making sure that we get the big rocks into our schedule, recognizing that time is of the essence by keeping our lives simple and not overcomplicating them and by making sure that we have time with the master as a priority. If we can do that towards the end of this summer, we will set ourselves up for the best fall that we've ever experienced. And I'm believing that for you. I'm believing that for us. That the second half of 2013 is gonna be better than the first half and better than anything that we've ever experienced as God uses us in the months to come. Can I pray over you this weekend? Everybody in every service, if you'll bow your head. God, Lord, we're still tonight, we're silent tonight. We slow down tonight at the end of a chaotic summer, God, that maybe some of us got out of the zone with our relationship with you, with our spouse, with our kids, maybe our hopes and dreams have taken a back seat this summer, God. And we pray, Lord, as we move forward over the next several months, that we would get in the zone by making sure that we make margin a priority in our lives. Lord, I pray over every single person here, who's tired right now, who's exhausted from being on the go, on the go, on the go, and they're never home because they're trying to just be out and combat loneliness with just stuff. God, let them hear your truth tonight. Let them hear that we just need to be still sometimes and we need to know that you are God. God, I pray over every marriage here, God, over every parent here, Lord, that as they leave and have conversations around this idea of getting the big rocks in, and they start practicing some of these principles, Lord, I pray over them, confidence. God, I pray peace over the marriages here that need to get back in the zone. God, I pray peace over every parent here who feels like they're at odds with their kids right now. God, I pray that we would get this margin thing right so that moving into the second half of 2013, you can continue to work in us and through us the way that you want to. So Lord, as we close this weekend, Lord, let us get this right. Let this word sink into our hearts. Let us move forward here till the end of the year doing everything we can to create margin in certain areas so that we can find victory in the places we need victory. I pray this over everyone here this weekend that's hearing this message, God, and in every service with everyone who agreed, we all said, amen.